Welcome back to Keep Idaho Red Radio. We just had a very uh, interesting conversation, kind of a tribute to um, Governor Batt, and uh, that was a conversation between Tom Luna and Governor Otter. So that was a uh, was very touching. And now we're going to um, talk to um, Jaron Crane, and Jaron is part of our freshman segment. He's a first termer. He's in District Twelve. He's on the State Affairs Committee, the Transportation and Defense Committee, and the Business Committee, all three committees. So welcome to you, and uh, good morning to you, Representative Jaron Crane. Yeah, thank you so much, and thanks for having me on the show. Well, we thank you for the legacy of your family, your continued legacy of your family. Um, Brent's a dear friend, and we, we loved your father, of course, as treasurer of this state for a number of years, and we thank you for now joining the club. So, hey, so Jaron, let's talk about the first thing people always want to know is why did you why did you run? Like, what got you involved in this uh, thing called politics? Mm-hmm. Um, great question. Um, so it's something that I knew that I wanted to do. I studied it at Boise State, got my degree in that at Boise State. Um, public service, like you just uh, talked about, is in our family. My dad did it. Brent did it. So I always knew it would come. It wasn't a matter of if. It was a matter of when. Um, one of the things that Brent and I talked about was not running in the same district so that we didn't dominate a district or people feel monopolized in a district. We always felt it was important that we would be in opposite districts or at least in opposite chambers if that's how it worked out. Um, So a few years ago when Gary Collins retired, uh, he's now passed away just as a couple weeks ago. But uh, when he retired a couple of years ago, Brent called me and said, do you want to run? And I said, no, we had just bought American Fire Protection together. I said, I'll run the new business. Um, If this is supposed to work out, an opportunity is going to come wide open. It's going to be really obvious and I'm going to fall into it. And wouldn't you know it, that's exactly what happened with the redistricting. They drew a brand new district, and there was no one there. So it was wide open. I called Dad and Brent, and I said, what should I do? And they said, stick with the house. That's the fun one. So so we jumped in the house, and so here I am. Well, so uh, your brother represents District 13, and you represent District 12. So let's talk about you've been at the center of a couple of really critical bills that are really out to protect Idahoans, especially children and especially children and women uh, with another bill. So let's talk about first the what they call the library bill, which used to be the genesis was House Bill 666 from last year, aptly numbered, of course. So tell us where that's at. There was a there was a vote on something last week, but you've gone back to the shop and you're making it better. And maybe tell people where that's at and what you expect. Okay, absolutely. So yeah, it was originally 666 two years ago, and then it was 139 last week. We went to the House Education Committee on Wednesday, and we lost on a 9-8 to vote in committee. So the bill was killed. So we went back to the drawing board um, literally that day and said, what do we got to do? Let's get this fixed. So we met with um, different stakeholders and, and talked through some of their frustrations, some of their sticking points, some of their issues with the bill. We began to see what we could work on. Um, were there changes we could make, and then the things that we were going to hold firm on. Um, one of the things that we are not going to move on is that there needs to be some sort of penalty provision. Um, we did move on the amount. It originally was $10,000, um, and we've moved all the way down to $2,500. The other thing that we moved on was there was the ability for a child to take out a magazine, and each person they showed it to could also claim damage. And therefore, that could go from $10,000 to $100,000 very, very quickly by just showing it to 10 friends. So we've changed that to where it's only $2,500, and it's per the book, so that it's a one-time, not a multiple 
that was a sticking point. We've also done uh, a work on the four years down to two years to make sure that they have that statute of limitations. They'll have two years as well. So that's kind of where the bill's at. We will be introducing it in House State Affairs Committee tomorrow. Um, the RS got a C1 today. We had to make a technical correction on one of those things that we agreed to. So we'll be bringing it in House State Affairs tomorrow morning. And we should uh, let people know this is being taped on Thursday, so tomorrow will be Friday. There is a chance, yes, that you may not meet tomorrow. Tell people why, and then then when would the bill be heard? Yes, thank you so much for that. Um, so due to the loss of Governor Phil Batt, um, there's discussion that tomorrow we may not actually meet. We might have a recess day and allow people to go to the funeral and be a part of the proceedings for that. Um, that's to be determined. We are going back on the floor this afternoon, so we'll find out more information this afternoon for sure. And so that bill would then just be introduced on Monday morning, right? Okay. Now, can you remind people, in terms of the books, where would this impact? Would it be the public schools? Would it be public libraries? Would it like what? What, what would these uh, this law apply to? And great question, Vic. So this will actually apply to school libraries as well as public community libraries. These are tax-funded institutions, so that's why we have a vested interest in what is in those libraries. The other thing is we are not penalizing librarians, and that's a misnomer to get in front of that. The librarians have nothing being charged against them. It would actually be if a parent brought this forward and said, my kid suffered damages and now he's got an addiction or problems, um, they would be charging the institution. The institution would be the board of trustees, Is would be the name party, but more aptly, it would be the library itself is going to have to come up with the $2,500 and, and handle that. It's not at librarians, but it would be public and community libraries as well as school libraries. Because last year, that was the clarion call is like, you're suing librarians. And so that has been totally taken out of that yes. bill. So you have a you have a much better bill and you feel much better about the odds of, of, of this bill. Let's talk about another one that's uh, very near and dear to your heart. Um, which is human trafficking. Um, this is a serious national problem. We can't put our heads in the sand about this here in Idaho. Uh, so maybe talk about why you wanted to take this on and then the nature of the basics of your bill and the process that we should expect as we watch this bill move through the state house. Very good. So um, kind of what brought us to this moment, my wife and kids were – there was an attempted abduction on both my wife and kids last year twice. Um, we were at the Nampa Walmart. I was actually at home, and they were at the uh, Marshalls over by Costco in Nampa. Um, and the only reason that my wife knew something was happening is a lady had just put out on her social media that same week from our church saying that it had been an attempted abduction of her and her daughter at that exact same location. So my wife had her head on a swivel when she went, and sure enough, four people were following her around the store. She kept bumping into them. They couldn't speak English conveniently. They were all on the phone talking to each other, and she knew based on that Facebook post by a lady in our church that – this is exactly what she was talking about. Um, so she sa she was able to get to safety on that issue. And then when she had it happen at Walmart, she called me. I grabbed the gun. I hop in the truck, and I'm driving there. I said, you don't leave Walmart. You call 911. You do not leave that store. So Nampa PD came down there, and they escorted her out of the store. And conveniently, both of the groups of guys went out two separate doors at the Super Center. They converged on one van. The cop went over, and he you know, engage with them. And they could no longer speak English. They couldn't produce any documentation. And he said, you absolutely did the right thing. This was going to happen. You were going to be taken into trafficking. Um, so we f fast forward past that to about October, November timeline. Uh, we met with Nampa PD and they gave us a brief on the issue 
and how bad it is, not just in Nampa, but in the Treasure Valley and all of Idaho. They gave us mind-blowing statistics, and they said, we've got to do something. The, the kind of the clarion call on that was, how many cases have they prosecuted for human sex trafficking in the last five years? And the answer is zero, which means we either don't have a problem, which we know it's not that, or they don't have what they need in order to do that. So we met with law enforcement. We actually have the attorney general's office endorsement on this bill. They helped write this legislation. So we're going to be able to go and put people that are engaged in human sex trafficking in jail. And we're very, very excited. So this is actually an emergency clause. As soon as this gets signed by the governor, it goes into law. It's not something that we're waiting until July 1. We're instantly getting it to go. Um, It was introduced this morning in House State Affairs unanimously. We'll have again a hearing on that probably Monday or Tuesday based on whether we're in Friday or not. And when you say a hearing, you're saying that the you're going to actually bring it to the state affairs. Is that where it's going? State affairs, state affairs committee on Monday, and that's to actually take the vote on whether it's going to go to the floor. Okay. And so, what is the basics? Are there any things you can tell us about some of the basics of the bill, like uh, p- penalties or like what 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 would happen? Yeah, there's uh, the basic penalties were already in statute, which would be a minimum. Um, when it comes to sentencing and the minimum when it comes to the fine. What this really does is it targets the pimping. Um, so we're writing a section of code that specifically will target the pimping. We have another provision um, in the 86 code where we're actually going to work with the Attorney General's office over the rest of this year to do an audit and a research to find out what else is needed in order to come back in January and do more. This is probably going to be a couple series of bills, um, but the first one this is going to address is the pimping out of another person. It also protects the victim nature of of the woman in question and her children. Um, it's very important that when they're put on a witness stand, they're not called prostitutes. They're not voluntarily doing this. They, they need to be referred to as victims because that's exactly what they are. So there's the victim aspect we think is very important, but this specifically will go after the pimping element. So um, just quickly, we have about 20 seconds. What are other bills that you expect? Like, What are the topics of the bills that would follow? Uh, The topics of the bills that would follow is probably to further address the victimization, um, and we'll probably go into more detail onto the places in which things are being done as well. Well, thank you, freshman segment. Well, you've you've been an amazing freshman. You're very busy doing important work, and that's why we love Idaho. And uh, thank you to the voters for putting you in there from District 12. We've been speaking with Jaron Crane, who's a District 12 representative, freshman, and we're very grateful for your time. And we'll see you next week on Keep Idaho Red Radio.